A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Sometimes you've just got to be weird. In fact, I encourage it because it will make you feel good. Don't do anything illegal. But if you want to just rub your knee on a wall in the comfort of your own house, you should do it. It could change your life. I have no idea what I'm talking about. That may make no sense either, but I tell you, it is nothing compared to what some wrestlers have done over the years. Because I'm signed for what culture? Please hit that subscribe button. And this is 10 weird changes wrestlers made you definitely don't remember. Number 10, Dolph Ziggler's other new look. So over the years, Dolph Ziggler has mostly stuck to his bleach blonde hair and wrestling pants look, but there are a few occasions where he deviated from this. The one that nobody talks about, though, is at Vengeance 2011, where he teamed with Jack Swagger to take on Air Boom, and the dude was wearing a red, white, and blue singlet. What? Now, I get it. He was trying to make his tag team work, and Swagger was an American-American, but it was quite clear WWE was going to drop this sooner rather than later. That's just what they do. Dolph does it need a singlet he's the modern day Shawn michaels in performance at least anyway changing your gear like this can work i mean remember when chris jericho came out in pants for the first time but it didn't do much for ziggler although that wasn't really his fault wwe never knew what they had with him here's hoping for a late resurgence in his career number nine tomaso champa also has to wear a singlet i shall tell you a secret I have a few singlets I wear when I wrestle as and when needed. This is usually following a look in the mirror and deciding I look like a beach whale, and nobody needs to be subjected to that. It's a whole thing we're all nuts. I don't think this is why Tommaso No More Champa decided to don such clothing, however, as he did it to try and match his brand new tag team partner, the NXT champion Bron Breaker. Now, as we know, Bron rocks those singlets as it's a wink and a nod to his Steiner lineage, but seeing Champa in a multicolored one didn't really click because the dude is too bonkers. I mean that in a good way as well. You could totally believe he would kill someone. And that is lessened somewhat when you're in a singlet. I think the main reason people were worried is because NXT had gone through a whole rebrand where bright colors were everything. Felt like everybody was going to be dragged into this. Although, to be fair, kind of went the other way. Doing all right. Number eight, Raven the Wrestler. It's hard to get now because we've come so far, but Raven was ahead of his time. When he was slumped in the corner looking like he was going to a grunge gig after the wrestling show, people took notice because it was cool. No one else was doing anything like that. 
felt different. In 2003, however, under the employ of WWE, the real-life Scott Levy was looking for something to ping him back into the spotlight, where he walked to the ring looking very much the sports entertainer. I mean, he was wearing pants, knee pads, had an entrance jacket. It was a total 180 from what we were used to, and I assume Raven was doing this to show any potential promoters that he was adaptable and ready to go. To his credit, too, this was probably the correct stance to take. It wasn't the late 90s anymore, and while it didn't end the way he was hoping for, it just underlines his wrestling brain. Got it, he knew, he was happy to do what he had to. Not a bad way to be. Number 7, Booker T. Ites. So that didn't work at all, but hey... I was inspired by Raven and just wanted to try. With Booker T, though, we are talking about what he did indeed choose to wear on his legs. Because at the 2006 Royal Rumble, from nowhere, Book was back in tights, a choice he hadn't made since his WCW days. Most main eventers in WWE wore pants, which is why I assumed he made the change. But in the mid-2000s, I think T had accepted his spot and was just going to have as much fun as possible. For example, here he entered at number 13 where he got into it with Chris Benoit before being eliminated 18 seconds later. Yep, 18 seconds. It was the least time anyone spent in there on that night and kind of makes you think he may have switched two tights so somebody focused on his appearance instead. Not like we had time to get anything else out of this. He was out before you could even sit back down. Number six, IRS wears blue. So you may know that when IRS went from the WWE to WCW, he changed his name to VK Wall Street. It's so ridiculous, it's always worth reminding ourselves of this. But during his final match under Vince McMahon, he got rid of his white shirt and wore a blue one. Now that sounds fairly mundane, but because he had been donning a white one for almost half a decade and nobody explained why he'd done this... That was really weird. The match in question was against Shawn Michaels, so maybe that had something to do with it. But let's face it, that was a gibberish sentence. My favorite thing about choosing this item of clothing is that there was no way Mike Rotunda could hide any of his sweat. He would be drenched at the end of these fights and everybody knew. It's like when you were in school on a hot day. There is nothing worse. You're gonna get screwed. Number five, Ric Flair grows out his hair. Given that even during his apparent last match, Ric Flair had roughly the look we're all familiar with, it seems odd that in the 90s, for a short while, the nature boy decided to have long luscious locks if you haven't seen these you're in for a treat because they do look great and when flair was still riding with the four horsemen having his bun shaped into a ponytail was an awesome look should have kept it one of the reasons this did fall by the wayside was down to jim hurd the man in charge of world championship wrestling at the time he wanted rick to cut all his hair off and become spartacus and this offended flair so much he left the company and joined wwe Whoops. The real shame is that if Heard hadn't have done this, we may have gotten years out of this long-haired flair. I tell you, that will annoy me forever. It's not right. Number four, Blue Boat. Tugboat was an odd character. As far as I can tell, he was meant to be a man who was also a boat. And what is that? No idea. We all know that Fred Ottman would go on to be Typhoon and the Shockmaster, but the forgotten aspect of this is when his original gimmick had Thomas put on the end of it. The idea, of course, was that he was a seaman of sorts and loved to chat about docking ships, so naturally this meant he wore blue because that was the color of the sea. I'm not joking. Before long, the name just got reduced to Tugboat, where he embraced the red. But if you're familiar with this era, seeing this get-up will trick your brain. You recognize the character, but it's not the one you were expecting. And can you imagine finally getting to the World Wrestling Federation and being told you're going to be a boat too? What a kick in the teeth. Number three, Dino Bravo turns back the clock. 1991 was a transitional time for everybody in WWE. Hulk Hogan was starting to see that he was on a downward swing, and the Ultimate Warrior experiment had kind 
have failed. He was still a star, but he hadn't moved the needle as much as people were expecting. We were only on the cusp of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels making their first big inroads, which meant there were spots up for grabs. And one guy who was determined to step into one of these was Dino Bravo. He had spent the last two years standing side by side with Earthquake, which got him into the main event as Hogan and Warrior were involved in that too. But now all of that was done, he needed something else. Bravo's decision then was to turn back babyface and quite literally apologize for what he had done. He thought this would grant him forgiveness in the eyes of the fans, and when it didn't work, he lost a bunch of matches and then got released. So whoever came up with this change, well, it was not the best idea. Number two, Aunt Anderson wears a hat. Okay, that sounds ridiculous, right? I mean, what is this Malibu Stacy? The truth, though, is that you couldn't unsee it in the mid-90s when Aunt Anderson walked into Jim Crockett Promotions one day wearing a damn baseball hat. This likely would have faded away quite fast, but there was something else to all this. For much of his run, Arn had been pitched as an ass-kicker who held from Minnesota or Georgia, and yet now he was wearing New York Yankees merchandise. Your brain probably has started thinking, well, it must be because he was making a play for the WWF. But no, Anderson didn't work this into his promos either. He just decided this was the hat he should wear in order to keep people talking. And given we're still doing that in 2022... I would suppose he is right. Number one, a bearded badass. Even I forgot about this one, but I tell ya, Undertaker should have done it more. Coming at the Survivor Series 2005 when the dead man returned to WWE after being killed for the 45th time, he flew out of a casket to try and get revenge on Randy Orton with a beard the likes we've never seen before. It really did make him look like an old school ass kicker and actually gave a new feel to the gimmick. But sadly, by the time Hell in a Cell rolled around the following month, it was gone. Maybe he just grew it when trapped in the gates of hell. I really would like to know the actual reason, because even if this Survivor Series spot was super last minute, you still think he'd have time to shave. So who knows? For four weeks, though, Taker did decide to have some face fuzz. What's really amazing is that he didn't do this more, given that he was in WWE for over 20 years. Probably annoyed the action figure people. They just weren't ready.